What's up, guys? Welcome to Numbers Are Worth a Thousand Words. Uh, we're here for episode two, uh, week two, whatever you want to call it. Um, this week, we have two guests with us. Um, guys, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up? My name is Anthony. Mossy. Hey, my name is There you go. That's uh, Anthony and Mossy. Uh, we got them on. We call Anthony Booze, you know. Um, so let's get into it. You know, might as well just get right into it. So first, we're going to start with the Celtics Heat Series. Is that right? Yes, sir, we are. So uh, what y'all fellas got on the Celtics Heat? Well, uh, Celtics were able to keep the series alive last night. They got, it, was looking, it was looking dire after that, uh, that game four. Um, it was really a game just... Basically, two long runs by each team. Miami was dominating in the first half. And the game only had one lead change, which is crazy. But, yeah, it was just one team was hot. And then Miami stopped shooting as well. And they started shooting pretty bad, actually. And then uh, the Celtics were able to turn it up in the second half. Booz, I know you're a Celtics fan. What you, uh, what do you think about game five? And what do you think about their chances going forward in games six and seven? I could see that. I, f- I feel like that's a reasonable expectation. Um, yeah, overall, it was a it was a fun game. It was uneven, though. Like you guys were saying, it was just like a tale of two halves, you know, just two different – it was almost like two different games within one game. Um, yeah, I don't mind the East starting lineup, but basically the negative, the plus minus. Um, <laughs> yeah, all except for Dragic. He had a – he had that hot plus one. That's really uh, that's really making a big difference. Hero was the only uh, hero in the Linux were the only one that shot over fifty percent. It was just the heat. The heat got cold, cold in the third quarter. They only scored twenty five. Boston was able to put it away there. Um, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero's defense were very suspect the entire night. Uh, and Duncan Robinson is cold, so. When Duncan Robinson is cold and he's only shooting, you know, seven for 15, and he's shooting three of 11 from the three-point line, and he has horrible defense, like, what is he out there doing? Like, yeah. He's not contributing because his contribution is that three-point shot. And when you're shooting 27% from the three-point shot, you're just hurting your team. And your lack of defense 
is very obvious in every play that they attack you on. So Miami has to, has to wonder how much do you play Duncan Robinson when he's cold. That's true. I mean, even still, the, like, the score looks pretty far, 121-108, but and Miami only shot seven for 36 from three, but you have five more threes going, and you're still shooting maybe 25, 30%. And you're, it's a tie ball game. So, like, if the Heat can make threes, like, it's going to make it an interesting series. I mean, yeah, they, they've shown they've shown that. And I think that's why they're up, just because they were they've been on fire. Hero and Robinson have been on fire, and you know, even even Dragic and Crowder have been much better than they were on the three point line. Crowder was all of six on the three point line, and Dragic was one for seven. So that just shows you exactly why they lost this game. They took shot after shot, and they were just were not hitting from the three-point line at all. So at some point in the game, you realize you're shooting high. I'm shooting in the low 20s. When do I stop jacking on three after three? It's just not fault. Yeah, because like you guys were saying, it was a lack of shooting because the, the turnovers weren't killing anyone. It was pretty even. Like uh, Miami had 12 turnovers, Celtics had 11. The the free throw numbers were exactly the same, even though Heat fans were complaining about the Celtics getting all the calls. But in reality, it was perfectly even. Twenty nine free throws apiece. <laughs> it just seemed like Tatum. It just seemed like the Celtics were shooting so many free throws because Jason Tatum shot fourteen free throws, which was by far the most on either team. The second highest was Jimmy Butler, who had eight. So you know, it just seemed like the Celtics were shooting so many more free throws because Tatum was getting to the line you know, so much. So it just seemed like it was just all Boston getting the fouls. But in reality, hate to tell you, Heat fans, it was it was, uh, it was, was pretty down the middle. So, um, yeah, the Heat just yeah, really – go ahead, Mike. Even if you look at all the stats, they're all pretty much down the middle. Um, the only real stat they see the difference is the Celtics had four more steals, seven to three. So, like, at the end of the day, it was just the, the Heat couldn't make a three ball. It just – that was really what put the nail in the coffin for them. And uh, I don't know if Miami isn't at die by the three as Houston is, but they they really do rely on the three ball to get them going. When they're shooting like they shot last night, a lot of teams could beat Miami. So they need to make sure that if it's not going, you know, maybe start going to the mid-range and driving more because, you know, Bam didn't even have that many shots. He only had 11 attempts of field goals. When... You're not hitting from the outside. It's time to start working your big man down low, and they weren't doing that either. Yeah, I was. Especially against, no, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, and I was just saying, especially against Celtics, they don't have a big man. Like Bam can go to work. Yeah, I was really surprised. Like you said, Mossy, it's it's a it's kind of an advantage for the Heat. Bam is an excellent big man. He's had an excellent year so far. He was a comeback player of the year candidate. And he only shot 11 times, you know. I mean, Jay Crowder had 12 field goal attempts. You cannot, you can't, you can't have one of your best players getting outshot by Jay Crowder for field goal attempts. I mean, that's just that's not good. That's not winning basketball. I, all due respect to Jay Crowder. God, I sound like Mark Jackson, but all due respect to Jay Crowder. He's not a scorer, you know. He's a defender and he's an occasional three point shooter. Although he wasn't in Game Five, going 0 for six, but. You know, he's not your main scorer. He can't be jacking up 12 shots while Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo only shoot 11 shots each. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of disappointing. Um, 
But we can move on to the uh, Lakers Nuggets series. They just finished up game five, and the Lakers, they, they took it home. I'm afraid my prediction was correct. They uh, they took five games, four to one L.A., and uh, it was just L.A. just shot the ball way better than Denver. I mean, the turnover battle was pretty even. Um, you know, it, it was a relatively close game for most of, for the most part, but in the fourth quarter, L.A. kind of pulled away. They outscored Denver thirty to twenty three in the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, there's not really much to say. LeBron James did what LeBron James does. He dropped 38 points, 16 rebounds, um, 10 assists, a triple-double. I mean, that's just, that's stupid. Those are stupid numbers, you know. 15 of 25 from the field, you know. I mean, that's just, ugh, that's scary. Um, but, yeah, does anybody uh, anybody got any other, uh, other comments about this Lakers-Nuggets series? I mean, uh, I was just going to say, like, spot on with the fact like it was a close game all the way down and I gotta give it I gotta give props to Jamal Murray like he got injured with that right knee maybe possibly foot injury he was grabbing all parts of his leg throughout the game trying to like keep it moving and active but you could tell he was hobbling like at least three quarters for the game and he still played his heart out he still dropped 20 points like it's definitely gotta give him some some big respect on that um, in a game that's going to be your elimination. But yeah, LeBron James just did what LeBron James does. And I'm glad he he put his team on the back because it was close until the fourth quarter. He just went on a tear by himself with the high pick and roll. Five possessions in a row, row ending with like a dagger three to just seal the game. Yeah, absolutely. It was good to see LeBron kind of take over because it seemed like he was not passive, but just... You you wanted to see him, you know, step to the forefront a little more. He's he's the goat, you know. He's one of the he's the best player in the game right now. So you want to see him be the best player in the game. And tonight he absolutely was, especially like you said in that fourth quarter. Because in the third quarter, Denver came back. They they tied the game at one point. The third quarter was Denver's. They they outscored the Lakers thirty three to twenty six in the third quarter. Um, but yeah, the Lakers kind of just like you said, LeBron took over. And Anthony Davis had a good game, although he was minus one, plus or minus. A little weird there, but, uh, you know, they won, so who cares? <laughs> but, um. Injuries still bother him. Yeah, that ankle. That ankle. It, it, he just landed on it awkwardly, and you, and you really hate to see it because AD's a talented player, and the Lakers really depend on him, but he's still coming through with some points. You know, he's getting some buckets, but I. You know, I haven't thought about it like this. He's been struggling rebounding the ball. He only had five rebounds tonight. And uh, game four, I think he went the first three quarters without grabbing a rebound. I mean, a guy like AD, you know, he, he usually averages 10 re- double-digit rebounds a game. He's a big he's a big man. You know, he's pushing seven feet tall. He should be grabbing more boards than that. But, you know, with that ankle, that that's probably a big contributor. You know, you don't want to... You don't want to try to go for those boards and land on it funny again and then be out for the rest of the finals. You know, they, the Lakers need them. So that's, that's a very good point, Drew. I didn't even think about it like that. But, uh, yeah, Dwight Howard had himself a pretty, a pretty solid night. You know, he doesn't really need to light up the scoreboard. He's mostly there for, you know, blocks, defense, and rebounding. 
And uh, he got nine boards. He blocked two shots. He was a plus 12 and a plus or minus. He, he had a, quite a game. Uh, Danny Green, he you know, he went two for four from three. So he, he only made two threes, but he also only took four shots from deep. So, I mean, you know, that's an improvement for him. <laughs> that definitely is. He's close to getting the name Danny back. I mean, getting paid 15, 15 mil a year, you better be putting up some, some numbers for that. But, like, going back to what you said, it's, it's pretty crazy how, like, we can all see, based off the eye test, that LeBron was taking a passive game and – Heading into the fourth, he or he has twenty six points, and we still think it's a passive game for him. Um, yeah. Until he takes off and drops another eleven, like, but we definitely the Lakers definitely need one of their two players to take the big role on scoring like that, or else they're not going to really be putting up a big matchup against anyone. Because, like you said, if AD's not grabbing boards, they're going to get out worked on the glass, and if you're getting out worked on the glass, second chance points are not going to help you win basketball games. Absolutely. And that kind of brings us to the next part of our uh, our episode right here, which is talking about the matchups, so the potential matchups between the Lakers and the Celtics. Because the, the Celtics are not an especially good rebounding team. Like Boozer said earlier, they don't really have a huge big man presence. So that could kind of work out in the Lakers' favor. I'd hate to, I hate to say it, but, you know, the, the Celtics might be a little bit of a better matchup for them. Because with the Heat... They got Bam, they got Kelly Olynyk, they got they got some dudes that can grab some boards. So I don't know. I feel like the Celtics might be a little bit of a better matchup. What 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 do y'all think? What's running through y'all's minds? Do y'all think about potential NBA Finals matchups? Anthony Davis would have a field day pretty much every game against the Celtics. <laughs> Just the fact that there's not one that you reasonably think can step in front of him. Uh, if Diaz fouls out already every game. Having to guard Anthony Davis, um, Cantor is he's useless. useless. Useless on defense. So I think Anthony Davis would be in the forties on some nights, just based off the fact that the Celtics would have night a nightmare time trying to guard him in the paint. But uh, on the other side, of the Heat, Bam, Bam, it would Bam would have to give up a lot of his offensive energy to put on defense on uh, Anthony Davis. I don't know if you trust anybody else in Miami to, for the matchup. And the thing about matchups is, like, we talk about just Anthony Davis, but then we talk about the fact that if the Lakers want, they put in Dwight Howard, then you have a big, you have a mismatch somewhere on the court, and then even still LeBron's a pretty large dude, so that's possibly another mismatch. I know Jimmy Butler puts a defensive effort, so I don't hold take up the LeBron assignment. But that's still going to take up a lot of energy, so I don't know how much he's going to have for offense. But on the Celtics, it really seems like there's mismatches all over the floor, and that's without McGee playing a single minute. Yeah, that's a good point, Mossy, because with the Celtics, they rely a lot on Jalen Brown for offense. You know, he, he him and Jason Tatum are high-usage rate guys on offense. So defensively, you don't really want to put Jalen Brown on a LeBron James so that kind of falls to Marcus Smart. And Marcus Smart is a, an amazing defender. I love Marcus Smart. He works his tail off, but he's 6'3 or 6'4. You know, LeBron is 6'8. That is a, a, a sizable difference right there. You know, it only it's only three or four inches, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a big three or four inches. So um But I think if 
generation, the last time the LeBron ran into the Celtics in the playoffs. I think uh, Tatum is going to take up the, the assignment because they just have, like, a personal history between them. Yeah. And I still don't see it as a big, like, negative for LeBron. So the Celtics are really going to have to figure out what they're going to do defensively if they get past the Heat. It'll be a huge negative Tatum on offense. Yeah, exactly, because you either lose Tatum or Brown pretty much on offense because they're going to be working their butt off trying to guard LeBron. They would have to lose Brown because that's our best defender. Yeah, yeah, because Brown's a, a really a really quality perimeter defender. Um, but Tatum Tatum matches up a little bit because he's got a little more muscle than Brown, I guess. But I feel like Brown could keep up with him athletically because Brown's pretty quick. But uh, that's an interesting point, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess we can move on to the uh, the Dolphins Jaguars game that took place this past Thursday. Um, the NFL's getting into week two or week three, excuse me, and um, man, the Dolphins just dominated the Jaguars. Despite the Jaguars and Dolphins pretty much being even yardage wise, um, you know, you look at the look at the stats and they're they have almost identical first down numbers, but the real discrepancy comes in on third down. And uh, Julian, we were talking about this earlier that the Jaguars just. They went three for ten on third down, and the Dolphins went seven for thirteen. Third down is when you win or lose a game. The Jaguars just saw that they could not convert very often on third downs. Uh, the two turnovers they shot themselves in the foot twice. It was just, uh, and they could not contain Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is just a crazy sentence <laughs> to say. But they could not contain Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had two incompletions the entire game. And he had two touchdowns. And that's and not he, even – he ran one in, right? Yeah, three touchdowns on the night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was almost perfect. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive for an old dude like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's up there in age. You're letting Ryan Fitzpatrick be near perfect. They're going to have a long season as a defense because that is not the highest of quality quarterbacks you're going to face. So it's it's looking to be a long year in Jackson. Yeah, I was talking about this with with uh, with one of my buddies, Mike McAllister, before uh, last night. I think the Jaguars and the Jets are going to be probably the two worst teams in the NFL because the Jaguars just look ugh, brutal, and then the Jets. Oh man, I mean, Sam Darnold. I feel sorry for the guy because they're probably going to use this as an excuse to move on from him because they're just going to. You know, it's the easiest thing to do is replace your quarterback and replace your head coach. But honestly, they got a lot of other problems other than just than just so, Sam Darnold. Yeah, no position is great for them. They lost their star player. He didn't want to be there. Nobody wants to be there. Yeah. Maybe on, again, it's it's just not. It it's looking to be uh, a terrible, terrible season in New York. Yeah, and unfortunately for the Giants, they were one of the many victims of this huge injury bug that took place in week two. I mean, it just seemed like guys were dropping like flies. I mean, Saquon Barkley, the star running back for the Giants and pretty much their whole offense, tore his ACL, so he's done. Uh, Nick Bosa, the defensive end for the 49ers, tore his ACL, he's done. 
the 49ers starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, he has a lower body injury, something to do with his leg or his ankle or something, but he's out this week. Um, Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver for the Giants, more bad news for them. He had turf toe. I mean, it's just like I could just go on and on for the list of inactives for week three. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, potentially. You know, it's just, oh, man. Yeah, and uh, they were really having uh, issues with the turf at MetLife. Um, the Niners are scared to go back because they have to play the Jets this week at MetLife. Oh. <laughs> uh, they lost leader on defense. Um, Saquon Barkley went down. It was just player after player. Garoppolo went down in that same game. You have to question what is going on with that turf and why we we saw two... Uh, ACL tears on in the same game. We saw an MCL sprain. We saw a knee injury, and we saw Garoppolo's ankle injury all on the same turf. The Niners don't want to play there. The NFL reviewed and said that the field was okay and it was playable, but this is going to be issues for the NFL. I feel moving forward. Yeah, that's a that's a good call because I man, you hate to see guys go down like that. It's a it's a tough game and. You know, you just you don't want to see guys get hurt all the time like that. And um, if that turf is really going to be an issue like that, they're going to have to do something because uh, players are just going to start not wanting to play. You know, the Jets and the Giants are not that good to begin with. So it's not like they have a lot of ambitions for this year, you know. So, um, yeah, I just physical injuries, the fact that like, they're not taking all the safety precautions as the NBA, so – who knows how far through the season until we start having players starting to pop up with COVID and if, how they're going to have to manage it and our team's going to have to be like missing whole weeks if three or four of their players just all of a sudden test positive. Yeah, it's, uh, of any league outside of it's really up for, uh, for that to happen and it's just, it's just tough. Yeah, baseball went through it too. They had a uh, they had a string of, of weeks where game, games were getting postponed left and right. The Miami Marlins had, like, half of their active roster just drop because they had COVID. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the NFL goes through something like that because neither of those leagues are doing what the NBA and the NHL have done, which is the, uh, the bubble, which uh, has proven to be pretty effective because, you know, no positive tests, no postponed games. But... It also means players are sacrificing quite a bit. You know, they're pretty much cooped up in a hotel room. Um, so it's tough, you know. You don't want to force players to, to have to go through all that, but you also, you know, you're concerned for their safety. And um, another thing that, that, that is interesting to point out is that they didn't have a preseason this year for the NFL. So, you know, that, that could be a huge factor because without a preseason – you don't really get warmed up. You don't get any actual game time because you can practice all you want, but there's nothing like getting actual actual game game time reps. And uh, it's really showing. A lot of guys just look like they're they're still tight. You know, they're not quite in game rhythm, and it's resulting in a lot of injuries. So uh, moving forward, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, NCAA started up this week. I mean, all the, the major conferences, at least, the SEC, the Big 12. And there were some major upsets. Oklahoma dropped 
to uh, Kansas State on a field goal in the fourth quarter. That was rough to see. Um, yeah, Drew, I know you're an Oklahoma fan. I'm sure that was not that was not fun to watch. <laughs> it was a case of disappointed but not surprised. As this is our second year in a row losing to K State. Yeah. Why we lose games? Inferior competition over and over. Every year, the only blemish on our record is always an unranked K State or Kansas team that comes out of nowhere and decides to put up 40 points on us. And this is just everything. It happening every year, it's just, it's not coincidence anymore. It's not upset. It's okay. These teams might have our numbers. These teams realize that we have a horrible defense every single year and no secondary. And then they go out there and throw for three, 400 yards and however many touchdowns they want. And that day our offense just can't keep up. And it's happened every year since the playoffs have started that we've lost to an unranked team in the Big 12. We still have to face Texas, who took care of business and is ranked pretty highly, too. They're ninth ranked right now. Yeah. So it's not looking like a good season for the Super yeah, because Texas put up 63 points today. So, you know, if if Oklahoma's giving up 38 to Kansas State, I don't know. It might be bad news for the Sooners against the Longhorns. Um, but another another big upset was LSU lost to Mississippi State, 44-34. Uh, to 34. And, um, you know, LSU was there, there without their top wide receiver, um, he opted out of the season due to COVID. Uh, he didn't want to risk it. He's going to be a top draft pick. Um, and they were without their uh, their big-time corner, uh, their, their All-American guy. Um, he's a, a sophomore. Um, Derek Stingley Jr., he, 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 was, uh, he was sick, and they lost him. And Mississippi State lit it up. Their quarterback threw for 623 yards. I mean, 623 yards, that's ridiculous. That's a, that's a new record for the SEC in a single game. Um, so that's, that's pretty crazy. And, um, you know, I mean, LSU's just going to have to bounce back, I guess. They're going to play Vanderbilt next, next week. Um, but another news around the NCAA, UF took care of business against Ole Miss. They beat them 51-35. to 35. Um, their quarterback, uh, Kyle Trask, he absolutely had himself a game. Six touchdowns, um, 416 yards. Four of those touchdowns were to Kyle Pitts, their tight end. He had eight catches for 170 yards to go along with those four TDs and just some massive numbers. And, um, yeah, college football, it was, it was an exciting week. Not a lot of upsets, but a couple, a couple big ones, um, that's really going to do it for us. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to our guests, Boozer and Mossy, for joining us. And that'll do it for Numbers Are Worth a Thousand Words. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.